What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thunder, 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 Thundercats, ho! Welcome back, Radical Ones, to another Thundercats review brought to you by the Radical Retro Rewind Podcast. As always, I am your host, Radical Ryan Hunter, here with brother David. It's 2023, and we are back for more kitty cat fun. Meow. Hello, my fellow bunglers. David, we're coming off the five-part Lionel anointment trial, and we're also debuting a new mail segments we've gotten so many wonderful comments we thought in this new year we're going to debut our mail call so here it is enjoy the monkeyness of this this mail song my source tells me maybe your source she even looks older how dare you say that to me I didn't think Lionel was like that. I tell you it's true. The information comes from my best source. <laughs> There's another thing. According to my source, I did it for the money. And I paid the money. Are you sure your source is on our side? You got thunder, 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 cat mail. And keep your foot off that blasted Sommel flan. So, of course, that was inspired by monkey and sources from our last episode. So we figured when we do get something, why not get the message from our sources? According to our sources, the tree tops the place to go. Matesh is our first comment. Yes, Retro Brothers. What an exceptional, great Christmas gift. 
I can't believe you did all that work to produce all five in one show. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Matesh. But we all know Lionel really did not truly earn the Lord status because he never bested Snarf, the bravest of all the Thundercats. Time to get the popcorn ready for the retro event of the year. Thundercats, ho, 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 Matej. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You you always uplift us and it's really nice. So Matesh, exactly. Matesh is always there to uplift us. I love being the retro brothers from Matesh. And we also have our last episode, we got a incoming message from Australia while we were recording. I mean, Leah has made up for lost time. Leah went back and listened to not only all of our Thundercats episodes leading to this point, but also regular episodes of a little show called Radical retro rewind podcast that we do when we're not doing this this thundercats david leah had to say on the last episode is everyone on third earth incompetent do i have to do everything myself mumra from a later episode these were quotes oh my god yes all the evil guys are incompetent especially you chief bungler chief mummy who goes full mega karen whenever he doesn't get his way and gets wrapped up in himself far too often (laughs) i do love (laughs) that I can definitely say you guys are an absolutely not incompetent. Leah, can you please tell other people around us this for us? <laughs> this was a work of art and a delight, an in-depth exploration of these episodes. I've been waiting and waiting and waiting for it since I knew it was coming and was so delighted to be able to watch it almost straight away. Leah, thank you for that because it was like two hours and ten minutes. I shall now be all excited about the next ones and continue my fun bitch of all your other work. Odd thoughts. The under earth men are thankfully not too like the Morlocks cannibalistic. Use your mutant powers in any way. A crack of thunder, the slightest breeze, and my Morlocks will kill your people. Oh my god, Morlocks from X-Men? Who live in the sewers with their Katie Lang-like leader. Remember her? What was her name? She fought Storm in, in, in like, hand-to-hand... What was those? Like, those batoons? I swear Batoon. they fought, like, Baton? like American gladiators. Batons! Like, sh- like <laughs> American Wait, you gladiators. Might pull back, you might want to pull back that competent comment. <laughs> yeah, t- <laughs> nice guys. Can't speak English. Kalisto! I think her name was Kalisto, yeah. that woman. I recently started watching a couple of the episodes of the X-Men, the one that we used to watch in the, what is it, the early 90s? Or yeah, 93. I actually really enjoy them. Anyway, get back to You later. know it's coming back, right? Like, they're continuing that series with the original actors and the art. It's coming back, I think, next year. No, I did not know that. Cyclops, unfortunately, passed away, the voice actor, but everyone, the Storm, Wolverine, everyone's coming back. So Chitara actually has a whole wardrobe full of her leotards uniforms. Okay, so Leah sent this picture, and I ended up sending it to David, too. So apparently, once you like one style of clothing, no other will do. (laughs) So literally in Chitara's closet is, it looked like two leotards hanging up, two spare things of boots, and a cape. Which I'm assuming is the cape she gave Lion out to go to Hook Mountain. I love this attention to detail. I love it. <laughs> I first of all, I really appreciate you sending that because we always say that cartoons they always wear the same outfits, and yes. you always wonder do you do you just have a wardrobe of 
you know, whatever, the same thing that you're wearing. And it's so true. Like, to actually see that is really funny. And how sad, though, that this is what they're forced to, this is what they're forced to only wear. Like, you can only wear this Chitara. The burbles. There's only so many garments they're going to do for the machines they're using. They can't keep just pulling different yarns and cottons off. So they have to put out, put out so many garments. And that's what you're wearing. No other will do. I really do appreciate Tigra, even though people don't seem to, at least you guys do. He's an architect, a scientist, environmentalist, and he's awesome. Yes, Tigra. We do love Tigra. Okay, I agree that it's fascinating about Matef, the god, the, the Lynx god in the last episode, about how his powers are based on the belief of others. I almost wonder what other gods are lurking around Third Earth. I've used this trick myself in my writing because it feels quite believable that a god's power are based on beliefs in them. Interesting thing to note that from Mumra lives, that Mumra might have stolen the pyramid as Chitara and Linkso. Who is this Linkso you talk about, Leah? We don't know this this Linkso. I don't know, huh? Mariah Carey. <laughs> Linkso couldn't tell us. They talk about there being good things there in the pyramid. They find a good talisman that is effective against him and the lunatics, hinting that Mumra went full Karen and terrified the previous residents to make them move out. I can't wait to get into those into season two. I still want to know just who Monkeyan is meeting in that tree. Us too. We really do. We know it's a woman. Does that think you think there's other mon- monkey people, Monkeyan type individuals, or is he, is there a warrior maiden that really doesn't like the Thundercats? I never thought Naida would be like that. It was Nada. It was Nada. I think we used her. As you said it. Naida. As the internet is told. Google, yeah, Google pronounced her name as Naida. Is he bananas about her? Or did Slive try to climb that tree? I wouldn't want to see what happens then. Admittedly, the last one makes me wonder just what kind of parents are giving birth to these idiots. And who would want to give birth to someone like Vulture Man? Ouch. Ooh. <laughs> Maybe he had a soft beak. That's how they're born? Yeah. Vulture Men are born with the soft beak. I have thoughts aplenty. LOL. Enjoy my my madness and i'll enjoy your commentary hearts so there as a thanks is a mirror maybe you can find wizra in here since you're searching for him mirror 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 icons can't help to look oh yes thank you i love wizra <laughs> Did you end up getting Wizard of Visitation in your mirror? No, that big mirror did not serve me well. It, I just saw my own busted reflection. The horror of my own reflection. <laughs> the horror of my own reflection is right. Wizra, I need you. And since you only come once a millennia. It should be all right. <laughs> is, it really, <laughs> is it really cheating? <laughs> To be continued, if, if Wizard comes oh, to visit oh. David. Well, first of all, thank you both, Matesh. Thank you, Leah. Thank you, Leah, for all the other comments that you did. Thank you for finding our Instagram and joining our Thundercats Instagram as well. Yeah, we really appreciate it. I'm so happy you're enjoying it. Like, this is part of, again, I've said it a multitude of times on the podcast. Just knowing that somebody's really enjoying it, that gets our humor, and genuinely likes it, and the content makes me very happy, because there's, you know... It's not for everyone, baby! This humor ain't for everybody! So thank you for even understanding what we're saying in the first place. I agree. We can't wait for you all to continue this journey with us. I actually told David the other day that it seems like next December, we will be finishing Thundercats season 
one as the way it goes. There are two episodes a month up until December. We will be ending. And if you guys have any thoughts of what you'd like to see in our finale episode of season one, I know it's a year away. You got a lot of time to think of something. I mean, at least we're finishing season one, right? And we'll learn who Linkso is. Listen, we have said on a previous podcast, we're going to drag this out as long as possible because when they remake that Thundercat movie, finally, we're going to be on trend. <laughs> no, honestly, honestly. And like David always says, longevity, baby. If we could do Thundercats 2011, Thundercats Roar, and then maybe we will be doing a review of that movie. We will be lo- we will be on YouTube reviewing that movie maybe when it comes out. We hope to have a, a whole Thundercats extravaganza for you all. And then let us continue with season one, David. This is season one, episode 38, The Demolisher, November 13th, 1985. Thank you, as always, to the Thundercats Wikipedia for the synopsis and trivia we will be using today. Where do we start, David? Where do we start? An alien spacecraft arrives on Third Earth and lands near Mumra's Pyramid. The ship belongs to the Demolisher, a warrior who searches the galaxy for fighters who will give him a decent challenge in one-on-one battle. His sidekick and cheerleader... An armadillo? It's an armadillo. Okay, right? It's an armadillo and a... He looks almost like a dingo? Yeah. A dingo and armadillo. Is he, and... I wonder if he would be part of the mutant clan because he's, you know, jackalman. He looks like a like a jackal, but I wonder what he this yeah this demolisher is. I kind of couldn't put my finger on him exactly. The little drummer boy. I loved that, and I loved when Snarf whipped him with his tail and threw that that drummer across the freaking field. Stay out of this pebble. He'll finish you next time. Don't take it out on me! I'm strictly a cheerleader! Let's get back. We talked too much in the beginning anyway, but go ahead. Yeah, when you let us loose, that's it. You let us loose. Thundercats are loose, and we're all over the place. So... Did you get right off the bat, Safari Joe does it again? Looking for a fight, looking for someone who's tough enough with a cheerleader slash sidekick. Kind of, honestly, because Safari Joe looked at his opponents as like they're animals because he was a human, clearly. Yes. And it was more of like uh, trapping an animal. Like, so the demolisher is more about he wants to best every possible opponent that is is a warrior so i yes and no but i felt like safari joe he even treated the thundercats like panthers and different things he put them in certain cages and stuff so yes and no to be honest with you i really feel like the demolisher clearly is out to find the best warriors and defeat them where safari joe it's literally he's going on a safari he's like in africa illegally shooting elephants and stuff so he can like get it get the tusks you know and stuff so i get it but not no not for me okay so then he's also straight off 42 straight victories up until this point and his little cheerleader says they say mumra is the most powerful being in the galaxy and david what does the demolisher say (laughs) mumra the ever living like he he's not about mumra's title he's like who's who's his hype man Oh, 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 oh. 42 straight victories, Dirge. 
I'm bored! I need opponents that fight! They say that Mumra, the ever-living, is the most powerful being in the galaxy, Demolisher. Surely he will give you a worthwhile battle. Mumra, the ever-living? <laughs> At least, let's take a look. I suppose we've nothing more violent to do. And they come for him. They come for his pyramid, David. And Mumra's a little in shock that this person is stepping up to him and his pyramid. He's like, what? You're coming for me? He's like, don't you dare step to me like some Bia in high school. <laughs> dares disturb my eternal rest. fighter in the galaxy has landed on third earth he is the demolisher the greatest fighter in the galaxy <laughs> we'll see about that so he challenges mumra who emerges from his pyramid, and the two engage in a lengthy battle. Eventually, the Demolisher defeats Mumra and pins him in the ground. Upon Mumra seeing his reflection in the Demolisher's boot, he retracts back into the pyramid. But this is the first time, David, that I've seen him shrivel up into nothing and kind of just disappear. Usually, he flies holding his head that he saw himself. This he's just like, no! Shrivel up to nothing. Goodbye! The fight, the battle between them was very interesting. Then there was a point where Mumra Mumra actually shrinks himself down to a tiny Mumra and it's like doing <laughs> bouncing between this guy's big feet and it kind of was a, like a little I that would have not been something I would have done why did he do that David and then he actually says this line or do you prefer someone larger show yourself coward fight look down demolisher <laughs> The greatest warrior in the galaxy can deal with such a tiny creature. <laughs> 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 or would you prefer someone larger? Someone larger. Do you prefer someone larger? By your feet. Your demolisher feet. <laughs> are you into skinny people or are you a chubby chaser like my ex? So he says, a magician? I thought he was a warrior. <laughs> a magician? And I thought that he was a warrior. Demolisher, let us... And then Mumbra, this was amazing. Mumbra puts on an armor for a minute, but literally the armor just like gets broken as soon as he puts it on. What the F was that? I thought it was interesting, but I gotta be honest with you. Every time we see these episodes, I feel my faith in Mumra's abilities dwindling because 
There's so many things that I've seen Mumrod do, and I feel like he could have made the man sink into sand like he did the the Yes. And why doesn't he just turn his head? You know, I, I, listen, I'm hating my own reflection right now and go, ah, when I see it. But I could turn my head real quick and just pretend I didn't see the, like, glimpse into <laughs> this wild child that I've become. So just turn your head, just turn your head, and then get out of there. It's like a deer in headlights, David. He can't look away. He's just like, oh, oh, is that me? Oh, because it doesn't just show his reflection. It always has to torment him because it always kind of gets warped. So it's like, like a funhouse mirror. So I don't blame Mumra for going, wait, is that me? Is this what I look like? Because let me tell you, Tootin' Tiny's potions were supposed to make me look really good. And this is not how it's supposed to look. You can't do this to Mumra, David. You're his hype man. You can't abandon Mumra now when he needs you. I just, for our listeners, we typically watch the episodes before we do the podcast because, first of all, I I watched them how many years ago? Yes. And watched them more than that, but so we refresh our memories on certain episodes and for certain details, but I just, I I know that he does some pretty crazy stuff later on in the seasons. It's the you know, season one and season two, but yeah, I'm 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 not feeling him right now. I think Karen lost control of the HOA board. <laughs> I think she's got too many complaints coming in. And so, yeah, that's me. And let's remember this is after the first trial, but not really. I kind of saw that evidently the trials were set up to be the season, were going to be the season finale originally, which makes so much more sense because the last episode had Mumra dying, quote unquote. I hate that they were all out of continuity, but ever, you know, that way with Mumra. But so after this fight, he tells him to follow the ball of light into the pyramid. Like this is a callback to Exodus, our first episode with the mutants follow the ball of light you and may he's just, and you will not be harmed but he doesn't even want to he wants to leave really at this point like the demolisher demolisher yeah i want to keep calling him the dementor demolisher he goes in come back here and fight coward for a moment i thought we had a worthy opponent <laughs> no such luck The ball of light, demolisher, and I will show you a fighter. You will never defeat. It may be a trick. <laughs> it may be a fight. And then Mumbra has his collage of various clips of Lionel that he's been collecting over the years. And he's like, he's not impressed with the demolisher. He's swiping left. (laughs) You like boy cub? Look, look what he does here. This is a picture of him sleeping. Oh, that's another picture of him sleeping. Oh, there's Chitara sleeping. Oh, Panthro sleeping. Oh, this is a beautiful, this is when I was with Tigra and I was sleeping. (laughs) This is when... (laughs) I pretend to be a little, a little fairy. Oh, oh, and this is, oh, this is when the mutants first came to me. Okay, here we are. We're at the pictures that I wanted. Oh, don't look at that picture. That's for mummies only. <laughs> the mummies only. Um, <laughs> selling feet pictures lately. Ah, you're wasting my time, Mamra. Surely you're not afraid, are you? Demolisher. 
<laughs> I do not know the meaning of fear, Mumra. Come, Dirge. We'll continue our tour of the galaxy. Somewhere, there must be someone who will give me a good fight. So, Demolisher is not impressed by the clips that he's showing of Lionel. But Ly- but Mumra's kind of like, but look at this one. Look at this one. He looks really good in this one, boy cub. So, he kind of finally gets intrigued and he's like, what's this cub's name? And he's like, Lionel, Lord of the Thundercats. And he laughs at that, too, because he don't like titles. Then he gets disinterested. And then Mamra's like, are you afraid? He calls him chicken, basically. Yeah, because he's leaving. He's still leaving. So his pride, it's not that he thought uh, Lino was so amazing from the pictures he saw. Which I have to say... The pictures that he that he did show them weren't so fantastic. Those are Mumra's favorite. You can't just... This is Mumra's taste. This is when he thinks Lionel looks at his best. It's like when, you know, like, you're trying to show some person you're interested off to your friends or your family. And like, this, look, how, look how handsome they are. And they're like... Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> he looks okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, he looks okay. And you're hyping them up. So he's about to leave. But then, like David's saying, he's like... Oh, you're you're afraid, I see, oh, of Lionel. And then he's like, oh, I'll do it. So Lionel and Snarf are kind of just walking in a field, and he shows up. And then the Demolisher initially dismisses Lionel as being nothing but a mere cub with a sword. But Mumra continues to taunt the Demolisher into fighting Lionel until the alien agrees. So Mumra basically peer pressured him into doing this. And that happened. So he swoops in from the sky wearing his rocket pack and attacks Lionel and Snarf. Lionel is surprised at the unprovoked attack and questions the Demolisher about his motives for fighting. This is, I love this. Demolisher replies that he simply fights Lionel because he exists. <laughs> There's nothing better than a good fight. But why? If you don't fight, you don't conquer. And if you don't conquer, you don't exist. So again, this is showing that Lionel's maturity, or he's maturing, this is showing the fact that he knows that, why would you fight somebody, there's nothing, like, he, Lionel has nothing to prove, I feel like, yes. mind, which is the truth, and he also is kind of confused of why, you know, we kind of talked about this on the, on the first day of the trials, where he's like, I don't want to fight you, Panther, it's like, why would I do that, you're my friend, so this guy's obviously not his friend, but he's like, you're, you're just randomly kind coming up to me it's like walking down the street and someone just picking a fight with you hey bro and just going up to you and be like let's fight like pushing you or something there's no why would you want to do this like he's probably like i just got over the acid lake and i don't have time <laughs> to be more aggravated there's enough things trying to kill me on this planet i don't need somebody just stepping up to me i mean it's true and then the demolisher basically is like well i will destroy you i'm gonna keep coming at you no matter what Basically. I mean, it's crazy because we find out, I mean, this is later on, but this character says he has no cause. I believe in nothing. I have nothing. Oh my God. Talk about something deep. Who hurt you, baby? Who hurt you? Fight, Demolisher. But one day you'll meet your match. 
and your string of worthless victories will be ended by a pointless defeat. It's all I know. It's all I can do. Without fighting, I am nothing. Then fight for a cause, Demolisher. Something you believe in. Never! I have no cause. I believe in nothing. I have nothing but strength. Like you said, that the mutants are gentlemen and scholars with the way they talk. The Demolisher has something going on. He's got nothing. He's got no cause. He's got nothing in life. Got no friends. He's got nothing. He's a, a loner. The Demolisher utilizes every single weapon in his arsenal against the Lord of the Thundercats, but Lionel succeeds in counteracting each and everything of those with the Sword of Omens. Finally, the Demolisher manages to restrain Lionel using his giant for- fork-like grounder, which in case Cases Lionel in an electric field. Lionel succeeds in freeing his arm and summons the other Thundercats using the Sword of Omens. Oh my god, David. Chitara was laying down. Did you see her lounging? Yeah, the lake. She's like, let me dip my finger in the water. Oh, there's something gonna rip it off. Poor Chitara. She is just lounging, literally dipping her little finger in. And she gets the call, so they can never she's daydreaming relax. about Wizra and seeing the reflection oh. in the water. She's like... <laughs> oh my god, there's a reflection in here. Can you can you use a At the corners of my mind? Misty cordon. <laughs> she starts toting around the mirror on wheels. She brings it, starts bringing it everywhere she goes, lounges she, with she it. She does a crude picture of him. She's like, oh look, Wizra's here, my date. Say, say hello to my date. No, that's terrible. So I want to bring you back for a second because the first thing he does is he traps him with this like razor metal thing that coils around him. Oh, and Lionel and- breaks it finally, just like he broke when they were in the when the Char- Charnin trapped them. He like he's very strong, even without invoking the power of the Sword of Omens. He's I don't know if it's his age or he's just that's the breed of who like kind of you know <laughs> oh that breed oh, is, oh. but he's very strong, and that's something. Or he just somehow summons a little bit more summons the power you know i don't know no i wrote the same thing that it's literally his thighs break the rope at first mm. he's just like he squeezes them apart <laughs> they just they start to Ooh, break Wizra. oh whisper and lion oh, oh. <laughs> anyway i wanted to also say something when he first gets attacked by this is where again snarf Oh, I love snarfing. I don't care what any people say. I know he's a pain in the butt with his whining and sort of like everything's out to the world is like a horrible place. Like, wah, wah, you know, all the time. He literally, the sword f- falls from Lionel's hand because he gets blasted and, and yes. Snarf tries to retrieve it and give it back to him. And Snarf also late in the, beats the other- at drum man. He beats, Be- he takes the drum and beats him with it. <laughs> and, then, and he goes, I'm just a cheerleader, the little thing. I'm strictly a cheerleader. Get it, I don't get involved. Like, don't be, don't be trying to... He's like, do you did you do you remember in American Horror Story the p- apocalypse at the, the like the last episode when the voodoo queen that takes over for Madame Marie Laveau, right? Marie Laveau, and he's like, she's like, I'm only here to watch. That's what this that's what this armadillo with a drum is like. I'm only here to watch. Yet you're you're talking smack, so you're gonna get smacked by Snarf. And Snarf is the perfect height. But this Took also, drum. to be honest with you, this also shows me how much Snarf loves. Lionel and would put himself 
between the Demolisher and Mumra and... It's true. And to try to help him, to rescue him. He even says, use the sword, Lion-O. And listen, you don't get that much. In life, you don't always get the love that you need or want. Or I think he gets a lot of love and a lot of protection. His heart, mostly, you know, from, from Snarf. Snarf loves him dearly. Oh, yes. Yes. That's why that episode, when he thought Snarf was leaving, it just broke Lionel's heart. I think it's a beautiful thing. I think it's also a beautiful thing to show children in a show that because Lionel doesn't have parents they're dead so you know it's it's a beautiful thing that he has I mean all the Thundercats love him and like even Chitara kind of like babies him a little bit and she like I don't know it was just nice to see I honestly for me it was just a nice thing and I, I don't know why it's such a sticking point for me but it was just again one it proves Snarf does belong with the Thundercats because he will even put himself on the line even though they kind of view him as a coward yes unfortunately but also that he cares that much about Lionel to protect him so what a good sidekick really tiger panther and chitara show up and this is my favorite line yes i called my friends to save you not me holy shit Lionel! because the guy says you can't beat me without your, your friends and he yeah he won't align this is when Lionel really gets pissed off he's like now i'm past the point of confused why you want to attack me now i'm at i've had enough of your nonsense and so he says to protect them because at this point he says i will destroy you basically demolisher wins again say goodbye to not so fast dirge look Coward demolisher. I called my friends to save you, not to save me. <laughs> to save me? Force me to fight on, and I will surely destroy you. <laughs> You're finished! And this is where you feel then Lionel's confidence again. He's grown into his confidence and so Lionel then fires all three of his claw lines at the demolishes floating spaceship and pulls it to the ground another amazing feat of strength as Lionel has clearly won the fight he tries to talk some more sense into demolisher by convincing him to fight for a cause instead of searching for hollow victories the demolisher however refuses to change his thinking saying that he has no causes then he and Dra drag climb back into their ship and blast and off drag he goes in drag to go on the ship i think it's drag or drag drag it ain't drake no it ain't drake it ain't drag drag lionel what did i write here lionel was done he held his arms up and said no i don't know what that is about i think at one point he was just so mad he's just like no but what do you think about this lionel like you said he's so mature that he's literally telling this man that you could be fighting for a cause and actually feeling something you know not just battling these hollow victories that you defeat somebody and then you just go off to the next and after me who next will you fight Forever? For no cause? <laughs> Forever! <laughs> 
I guess he's recognizing that this 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 demolisher has no life compass he's he i don't know like it's got to be a sad life that you just go around trying to pick on different warriors just to it's not an honorable thing it's not like he is doing this so like in dragon ball z where kakarot is fighting to improve his abilities and getting himself to another level and he kind of tells it like it's not an anger thing even when he gets beat up and he beats up the other person it's like he'll ex- like almost like extend his hand to him and be like thank you great fight i really i would love to do this again so it's not even any you know a malicious way he just wants like to be malice, against the best. Yeah. he wants to he wants to fight the best to see what he's capable of doing so that's kind of like i guess where the demolisher obviously is wrong because he just lives a lonely existence fighting people for the joy of getting off on hurting people and, and besting them and defeating them mm-hmm. lino is basically saying if you could use all that energy to fight for a cause you'd be more fulfilled you'd have friends you know things of that nature. and he wanted them to fight for his claws too that he was trying to recruit them for the thundercats at randomly yeah. i wish he joined us in our struggle to spread the code of thundera Justice, truth, honor, and loyalty. Thundercats! I wish they would fight for our cause. You know, Chitara Chitara doesn't want to wear that leotard anymore, so maybe you could help the Burble create new garments. God, they really do need some new things. But anyway, some trivia, David. Some trivia for this episode. I'll speak on it. Speak on it. Neither the mutants nor the thunder kittens appear in this episode. They love to leave those thunder kittens out. The bowl of light that Mumra used to guide the mutants inside the Black Pyramid and his tomb chamber in Unholy Alliance is also appears in this episode. Yes. He had to save up that ball energy when mumra shows the demolisher images of Lionel and his cauldron the scenes are from earlier episodes return to thundera the rock giant return to thundera was written by bob hanley while the rock giant was written by peter lawrence the two writers collaborated on the script of this episode way to call back on the episodes you wrote gentlemen that's why they mumra had some random things in there oh what episodes did we write Peter Newman, the voice of Tigra, has stated in a number of interviews that doing the Demolisher's voice, which I could hear him trying to do, was the most difficult voice he had to perform, and he was glad that the character never appeared in any other episode. You could tell he was really doing a ha-ha kind of voice with this laugh. But what did Lynn Lipton say, P- Peter Newman, when she was every female voice? At least there was five other men in that, that- record. I'm every woman. It's all in me. <laughs> oh my god. And then the demolisher says to Lionel, a fool and his sword are soon parted, which is a reference to the old English proverb, a food and a fool and his money are soon parted. Not food. Don't you take and my then, food? So, David, the ending of this is the Thundercats trying to get Snarf to stop playing the drum because he keeps banging the drum and he's just like, Lionel! That's part of that pulsum gives me, like, the warm feelings because this is like, he, it's it's like they won this battle and they have to, they still, they have their camaraderie and their love of and their respect of each other, the Code of Thundera. Yes. It really is a simple code. It's like a good, it really is like a good, 
like a compass, like I was saying about how the demolisher has no, you know, no Jiminy Cricket, no compass, no, you know. So he's like, you'll have to fight me for the drum. And then Lionel runs after him. He's like, that's a fight that I'm willing to fight for or something. And the three of them also follow afterwards, like, gotta get that drum from Snarf. Victory to Lionel, Lord of the Thundercats! Victory to Lionel, Lord of the Thundercats! Hey, Snarf, cut it out! Oh, no! Snarf! Snarf, enough! If you want the drum, you have to fight for it! Now that's what I call a cause. Thunder, 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 it's just, it's nice. It's like a real family playing around and doing crazy stuff. And even though, in spite of the fact that they have these unsurmountable, like, odds against them and issues and problems. So I like it. That's probably also why I've liked it. I'm also, I've always been attracted to having a good vibe, a good feeling. Yes. And having that warmth because it's, it's important in life. For me, it is. That was the Demolisher. We'll find out who the bungler was at the end of this whole episode. while I live. Born a hero, the Lord of the Thundercats is here to fight for Third Earth. It is your destiny that you hold in your hands. Thundercats, weekdays at four, part of Toonami. As we go to David, Monkeyans Bargain, episode 139, airing on no- November 14th, 1985, Mumra summons Monkey into his Black Pyramid and offers to give him control over the entire northern section of Third Earth. I love this, man. I, I know we, I have to stop you already. He summons Monkey <laughs> and Monkey is like, why did you get me out of bed for this now? Kind of thing. And then he's like, presents these like blue orbs and basically says it would give him the power to defeat these Thunder. blue balls. I, I want, <laughs> he gave him blue balls. <laughs> he wanted the Sword of Omens. And then he goes, and I will let you have this sector of Third. And he goes, oh, I did you like he's almost like did you notice that that's where the cat's lair is mm. <laughs> like he's so ridiculous like I didn't know that was there it happens to be by the way mm. well that's what he did didn't he say that he said the northern section has gold jewels oh and that's where the thundercats live yeah, but it's just funny it's like oh what oh what's that over I didn't even notice that the cat's lair is in that region <laughs> it's not like my cameras are fixated on that continuously including right now over my cauldron I found humor in it I found humor in the fact that monkey and got there Mumra looked like he just came out of the bathroom or something from the side he literally came out of the side like he was like, working Mumra, on where something. are you maybe he's pacing he's like here monkey and here here I was over here just dusting or re- redoing something. I'm redoing the treasure treasure chamber. 
the driller came by to beg for diamonds. I, I had to abuse the driller some more. Excuse me. In Makes my me room. Feel about myself. <laughs> Mumra. Mumra. Here, Mankian. <laughs> Why have you summoned me here, Mumra? Because you dream of power, Munkin, and I can give you power. Behold! I will give you the northern sector of Third Earth, rich in gold, jewels, and it is where the Thundercats live. Get me the eye of Thundera, and you shall have the power to possess everything you desire. <laughs> but how will I get the eye from the Thundercats? With these spheres of the mutant brings him the Eye of Thundera. Bumbra's gonna give him the entire northern section of Third Earth. Monkey and agrees, and Mumra hands him the Spheres of Power to aid him on his mission. Just before Monkey and leaves the pyramid, Mumra reminds him that with great power comes, comes great, great responsibility. responsibility. <laughs> with uh, a price thanks. comes with a price, and Monkey and agrees to pay the price. Oh, give them to me. <laughs> Power has its price, Monkeyan. Are you prepared to pay a price? I'll pay. Power is worth any price. <laughs> any price. <laughs> Give me the spheres, Mumra. <laughs> if they work, I'll pay anything. <laughs> so... We have a bargain. <laughs> yes, Mumra. <laughs> we have a bargain. <laughs> a bargain. <laughs> okay, so, David, did Mumra pick Monkey in knowing that he was basically just going to go like, yes? I feel like he picked Monkey in because <laughs> of his liberal views. <laughs> On, just kidding, on the fact that Slive is a sexist pig. <laughs> and also, the orbs gave me throwback to Buffy the Vampire Slayer when the trio, what's his name, has gets these orbs and yes. he's invincible and takes on Buffy. Just Yet the, there was these power balls, basically. Yeah, I, 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 I forgot the power name. ball. Do we have a bargain, he says? Do we have a bargain? And Monkeyan wow. is so... Maybe he picked Monkeyan because he feels like Monkeyan is the most driven. Do you get that? Mm. I feel like Monkey, like he's out in trees talking to random things <laughs> to get secret messages, uh, his, my sources... You don't see you don't see Jafferman doing that or Slive is always just you don't see anybody. So I think I mean Mumra is is all seeing because he's always spying everybody else. He probably saw that that monkey and 
thirst for power. This is where Monkeyan's downfall is. It's almost like yes, when you watch this, Monkeyan can be intelli- intelligent about many things, and he's and he can talk about a lot yes. of things. But, but that instinct of being aggressive, like when he hits the the sky cut or whatever, it's like then that comes out in him that that mean streak or whatever you want to say that primal thing. How smart and intelligent he is, he still is overcome by his primal yes, his urges of bang. I think maybe Mumra knew that. I mean, maybe I'm heavily reading into that, but Mumra is always nefarious. You, you know, you're making a deal with the devil. It's like, you know, you can't... He's like, how bad do you want these orbs? How bad do you want it? What will you do for it? Will you strike the bargain with me? And Monkey, without even asking what the bargain is, he's like, yes, yes, I'll do anything. Yes. Anything, anything. He said, I'll pay anything, any gold, any jewels, like Mumra wants that. But that's where his mind comes from. How did he? How does he think that Mumra needs jewels when he has a jewel chamber? And I don't think they know. Do they? Oh, they do know about it. Did they see that the first episode? I don't know. Maybe that's where Mumra was. Maybe he was just getting the orbs from his vault. Like, he's like, yeah, I had to go to the MGM vault, the original <laughs> copy of the the Wizard of Oz. Mm. <laughs> Let's see, um, Casablanca. Oh, the blue orbs. And I have to say, they come in a Mumra logo hip bag. They have the Mumra insignia on them. So he has taken up Panthro's He's got merch. We logo. should be doing this. We need merch. You want your Mumra ball bag? <laughs> Can we have that? Mumra's ball bag, hip bag, with his snake logo. Maybe we should mummatize his logo. Mummatize it? Mum- <laughs> mummatize it? <laughs> mummatize? You want to mummatize me? <laughs> Monkey in? <laughs> So anyway, before we go really off the rails, which you already have, like from from the first episode on, Monkeyan starts the bargain with Monkeyan, and Monkeyan immediately proceeds to go to the cat slayer, where he's hiding in the trees. Yeah. All right. He first encounters Panthro and Chitara just outside Cat Slayer Fortress, armed with the power spheres. Monkeyan is able to defeat the two Thundercats, trapping them inside the spheres' energy. Tigra also. Also suffers the same fate when he tries to stop Monkeyan from crossing the drawbridge to the lair. And this is where Monkeyan literally turns into a crossbow and starts shooting Tigra. No, he's invisible. Yes, they have this whole invisibility thing going on. First of all, it's so funny where Cheetar and Panther just happen to be walking and they come upon him like, what are you doing here? Like, Yeah, they were just like, why are you here, Monkeyan? <laughs> so You're in our third sector, the, the, the northern part of Third Earth. Oh my god, David, Wily Kit and Wily Cat are watching inside. And they do what do we do? We just have to bring the drawbridge in. That is the only that's the only way we're leaving all three of them out there, and we're not even gonna tell Lionel. Because he's in there with Snarf, right? What will we do, Wily Kit? The only thing we can do, pull the bridge in. Why didn't the sort of moments warn him? Dun dun dun! And why did they bring the drawbridge in and leave everyone out there? (laughs) Goodbye! (laughs) Bye, Tigra! I think that's what they said. Our only option is to bring the drawbridge in. Well, they're trying to protect the lair itself. What I wanted to say is that this, again, this whole battle scenario with with Monkey with all of them proves to me how actual smart Monkey is. Because I gotta be honest with you, how is it that he used these blue power orbs more efficiently than Mumra yeah. with his own power. And why wouldn't Mumra use these orbs to increase his power 
Because it seemed like these orbs could do anything. You could be like, I want a cheeseburger, and it becomes a cheeseburger. You, you, I want a thousand foot tower. It would do that. Like, this is where we talk about bungling and whatever. Monkeyan was intelligent enough to to create these things by just wishing for them or whatever he wants. Yes. Without having used these orbs at all before and everything else and and kind of knowing how to point and counterpoint like their moves and everything so i'm giving it up to monkey and unless it was because he said it comes with a bargain and mumra's already sold his soul (laughs) to the um the ancient spirits I don't think so. So once inside, Monkeyan makes quick work of Wily Kit and Wily Cat. As a matter of fact, I love this. Kit just says, get this stuff off me. That's all she's concerned about. She got tied up by their larinettes and she's just like, get this off me. I like that, that she's telling him. You might have tied me up, but get it off me. Hey! Get this stuff off me! He turns his attention to obtaining the Sword of Omens and heads to the Sword Chamber, but is intercepted by Lyrno and Snarf. The Eye of Thundera! That's property of the Thundercats, Monkeyan! Sword of Omens, come to my hand! Monkeyan then uses the power of the spears to grow into a giant version of himself outside the cat's lair. This is where I wrote King Kong, because he climbs up to the top of the lair. And also, did you notice Lionel says shut all the windows and doors? You know, whatever. Battle yes, he, free, he rips the binds, binding off the, the kittens very quickly, too. And he commands them to lower the windows. And I do love that they have these windows now that close. Because I remember commenting that they had windows open. I remember this. I commented a few yeah. episodes a girl that they have windows without any glass or screens so now at least they know they have the shutters that come down in the case of an emergency Hmm, another one of those spheres seal the lair all secure lionel now what now we wait he succeeds in grabbing both Lionel and Snarf, as well as the Sword of Omens, and takes them to Mumra's Pyramid. Okay, David. This is where... It's weird. They wake up into bondage. That's what I wrote. Mumra has them bound together, and Lionel's arms are bound above his head. But he kind of rips... Th- Does he rip them off, too? So he takes them. They, they wake up, and he's like, oh, you're awake. <laughs> Finally, I, I, I might have been tickling you with this. The club is finally wearing off. Oh, and then he uses his power and flings them against the wall, cross bondage, like, uh, you know, a X. Yes. And he holds them down. Yeah. The, be- the oh, best. Oh, yes. I love this. Is that what you're going to say? Yeah. You say it. Say it. Say it. So he basically, after he takes them from his little altar that he also had Chitara on. <laughs> yes! Actually, the one that comes up. goes down, too? I love this. It's like, it's it's like, like people island. having a TV that comes out of the, the foot of their bed. So he puts them, binds them to the wall. He puts down this uh, cement altar. And then he goes, yeah. oh, oh, like this is where... It's interesting. He's basically like, I'm going to put the Sword of Omens inside (laughs) my crypt, or my sarcophagus, I should say, where it will go blind and be useless. Oh my god, I love it. Excellent, Monkeyan! Excellent! You have brought me the Eye of Thundera. Now, the Northern Sector is yours! (laughs) 
Does the Eye of Vendera really have optic nerves? It's like, is it like the, the like, the, like the, the people that were that tried to trap Lino to read for them, the little golems, the Under Earth people. Under-earth, yes, the Eye will go will go blind. I love Third when he blind. said that. Third eye blind. Amen. But you're right. He says it will go blind. And I feel like this coffin is like Mumra's nightstand because he kind of, he had the sword, the claw shield in there too. Like by his feet, kind of, this is where he stores his important documents and maybe his hand lotion. Like, And he put the sword of omens in there too. Maybe his new iPhone. Or his old iPhone, I should say, since this is after you Earth. Know he's... He probably has a, a, a small TV screen on the inside lid so he can look at it he, when he wakes up. Oh, what's going on? What's on third? He must, because he goes to bed in this, and then he's com- he comes out after he's like he thinks that they're all in there. He says, you can never leave my pyramid to monkey in. While Snarf and Lionel are his prisoners, Mumra takes the Sword of Omens and inside his sarcophagus. Lionel then incites Monkeyan's greed and tricks him into fighting and defeating Mumra. The mummy then reminds Monkeyan about their bargain and that the price for his power is his internal imprisonment inside the pyramid. Monkeyan quickly agrees to give up his power in return for his freedom and flees the Black Pyramid. Okay, so Mumra wakes up because he goes to sleep and this is when Lionel's kind of like Monkeyan why can't you take it all he agrees Monkeyan the northern sector is not enough for a mutant with your powers you defeat Mumra in battle and you will rule all of third earth yes I will rule it Mumra surrender third earth or Fight! You dare challenge Mumra! Ancient spirits of evil, transform this decayed form to Mumra! Mumra kind of makes these stone caged around Monkey and saying that he can never leave. And Monkey and freaks the F out. The p- pillars that come up from the ground that every time he breaks them. So he's still got the blue orb. And he actually pushes Mumra back with that orb. Which, again, why doesn't Mumra use the orb when he fights the Thundercats? So he keeps putting him in a cage. I want to point out two things. One, he was easily swayed by Lionel basically saying, why can't you have it all? So that's that in that, that instinctual territorial... Yeah. Mine, mine, mine. He doesn't look at the big picture because Mumra left. Mumra went in his sarcophagus. I would have just booked it out of there. Yeah, he didn't. He left. I would have booked it out of there and went to went to Cat's Lair and like put my feet up on the on the console and said, "Mine." Change, Truly. you know, change passwords. Maybe yeah. maybe ask Vultureman to come and you know update the IT, do some IT work. We haven't seen Vultureman, by the way, in forever. So this is also something that stuck out. To me, he, he could have walked away. He was easily swayed. The other thing is, he acts like a caged animal when put in a yes. cage. Yes. 
which again very animalistic because to be honest with you couldn't he even turned invisible with those powerful orb thing and then blew it open and w- like waited to like kind of sneak yes. through or made himself tiny or made yes. himself into a slice uh, you know a sheet of paper or whatever anything and just slid out the uh, thing like when mumra went to sleep right uh, honestly because there was enough in between these these openings these stone things but it kind of yeah it fro it freaked him out this like is that. like a reverse plan of the apes going on here but he let but to me you would think this would be a, 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 a soul bargain, right? That you could never do this. But once Monkey instead he'll give back the balls, Mumra was just like, okay. <laughs> you t- give me my balls back and you can leave. Like, he was okay. He was okay with it. Oh, uh, Remember our bargain, Monkey I am not afraid of our little bargain, Mamra. <laughs> Tell me the price of my power. <laughs> I will pay now. You rule the earth, but it is a kingdom you will never see. Because you can never leave my pyramid. That is the price of your power, monkey. <laughs> I think it's because Mumra knows that one, he won't have the power to challenge him again, and then he's like, he's top dog again. Yeah. That's true. Lion-O calls the Thundercats. They break out of their bull structures and the thundercats arrive in the thunder tank and Lionel, after a brief battle with mumra defeats him by showing his own reflection so this is two episodes in a row that mumra is taken out by the reflection again quick Lionel, the claw shield The horror of your own reflection. That takes care of him and Monkeyan. Everyone all right? All secure. And it's also two episodes in a row where, again, Snarf proves who he is because he gets... He jumps. He gets Damn, the, over Mumra. gets the claw shield, which ultimately defeats yep. Mumra out of his crypt while he's battling Lionel. And this is also this yep. another episode where Lionel uses his brute strength and breaks the bonds that are holding him. Now, Mumra, he's done this multiple of times. Again, why are you not doing better? Why don't you enchant the bonds that are holding them so that they can't break? <laughs> Is it the bonds that are enchanted, or are you just in love with me, Lion? No. I I agree. It's always that same thing that he does just enough, but he doesn't really complete everything. And he can maybe he's just tired. Maybe he used up his power. He's got to go to sleep. (laughs) Got to watch that TV. Plug in. Tara on the trials. Maybe if I could just dig a little deeper, I could do better work. With these bondage. But you can't. Everyone knows I have a two mile radius <laughs> from the pyramid, probably. Maybe it is a two mile radius. Maybe, maybe it's just signal. a two maybe he's got a two hour limit on his power. Everyone knows I can't keep my form for more than two hours. And then I have to go <laughs> rest. Steroid. 
Which again, Mumra is also damned as well as he's powerful, but he's also damned because he, the spirits of evil, those totems that he has, basically he is bound to the pyramid prisoner. forever. He's a prisoner of his own making, I guess. Yeah, it's interesting. So I do love this. They broke in with a thunder tank and it was just sitting in the throne room. I just like the fact that the, the, the tunnel is big enough to accommodate the Thunder Tank. So again, yes, where we see this in the future where Lionel has to go through whatever to get through into Mumra's Pyramid. But today, nope, they even had a ramp to get through, like you said, big enough for the Thunder Tank to get through down the hall. At the end of this, I love this, Chitara says, why doesn't she drive home? Because <laughs> they're all tired. I thought Panthro usually drives. Because she's like, you know, to Lionel, because you must be so exhausted. Why don't I drive home? Looks like you've had a busy day. It's a deal. She's like, you know, let me drive. But Chitara, you always go over the speed limit by 30 miles oh my gosh, hour. Yeah. I could get there faster. You don't understand. She must be frustrated half it's the like, time. Though. I feel the need, the need for speed. So this is how it ends. And the trivia says, apart from Monkeyan, none of the other mutants appear in this episode. The map of Third Earth that Mumra shows to Monkeyan is the same map that was drawn by the creator, Leonard Starr. The map appears in some of the Thundercats annual comics from the 80s. After defeating Tigra, Monkeyan says, cats don't always land on their feet. This is a reference to the old English proverb, cats always land on their feet. Mumra reveals that the cat's lair and its surrounded areas are located in the northern sector of Third Earth. So there is one notch in the mystery. The Third Sector. Do you think that Third Earth, after after the demise of basically us, before Third Earth became Third Earth? Again, we talked about this. Like, the dinosaurs must have been First Earth. Then we came along. We're Second yes. Earth. Third Earth is this. Do you think the continents shifted into one smaller continent yeah like almost like everything either broke up got closer together mm. interesting i know it looks like hell acid lakes and crazy the gold rock rock <laughs> the gold rock rock <laughs> so that leads us to today crocodile rock it's the go rock rock go, go, go rock rock nada you bungalow what's the name you have failed. You bungled it. <laughs> you delight. So out of our two episodes, David, the Demolisher episode, who was your biggest bungler? I'm honestly going to go on my my Karen hate role. I feel Mumra, being as powerful as he is, could have done more if if i'm thinking as i'm watching this so i don't i didn't remember this episode to be honest with the first episode at all for me to think of things quickly on my feet knowing that with mumra's abilities saying like why didn't he just become super big and squash this guy why didn't he just disappear when he did this why didn't he do this and that to me you're not using your potential maybe he was afraid he was maybe we don't know the limits of mumra's power but i honestly have to say i still was disappointed how easily he was defeated there was no reason again all the stuff that that, that the demolisher used was technology based and not magic based true that mumra i've seen mumra do if he can pick up part of his pyramid and fling it at lionel when he's inside <laughs> like one of the trials 
he could have picked that thing up, that guy up, the demolisher, and thrown him halfway across the planet. He could have made his ship sink magically, and if the guy even held him, once he cast the spell for the ship to start sinking into the sand, he said, he would have, I would have said, get these things off of me because that ship is never coming back if you don't. I don't know. He was able to do it in other episodes. I guess if he'd done that, then that would have been the end of the episode. But No, but you're right. Knowing a, his, his full potential. So he's the biggest bungler for me. I love what you said. I would follow that up. But I am going to go with Demolisher himself because I feel like this lifestyle can't be kept up for what, like, just fighting continuously, like Lionel said, without a cause. This is, this can't be healthy. So I, I think the Demolisher was a bungler just because this is his lifestyle, although he never comes back. So he, he he's alive life. still. He bungled. He, oh, he, he's a life bungler. Okay. And Monkeyan's bargain. I really do feel like he bungled his life. He did get away, so some might say he was successful. You know, he didn't get beaten. He's still on the loose. But Monkeyan's bargain right off the bat, I'm going with Monkeyan for being too greedy. He actually Mumra literally upheld his bargain. He literally gave him the, the third second. I honestly believe, so again, I'm not I'm not saying he's the biggest bungler at this moment, but I do believe that Mumra would have let him leave the pyramid without any restitution on his part because he got what he wanted. Yes. Mumra got what he wanted. He felt like he felt validated and he's like, bye. That doesn't mean that maybe down the road he would have said, remember our bargain when he wanted him to do something else for him. Yes. Yes. That I could see. Who's to say? But at that moment, I thought he was, he's like, bye. I'm going in my crypt, you know, sarcophagus. Yeah, he was contempt. The sword was going blind. He got the claw shield. And he literally said, the third sector is yours, monkey. And like Mumra kept up his bargain, which is something he usually doesn't do. He's like, bye. So I think Monkeyan's greed bungled this. I'm going to say multiple bunglers. I mean, there is multi. You can be a multi. Mumra was a bungler because he should have known that to be better with the binding of the Thundercats. Wily Kid and Wily Cat were left, and he could see this. So don't act. They don't act like he didn't know what was going. on. He was probably watching. Do, don't you think that Wily Kid and Wily Cat would have like eventually got out of the the ropes and maybe even done up like a, a fantastic would... rescue? Even if they broke out the other Thundercats that are sitting around in these blue orb shields using the yes. thunder blasted or whatever using something you know yes. even being told by panther how to use maybe use some kind of tool or something the burbles and somebody they would back and they went and went on a rescue mission for lion Cole mandora so that's a bungle as far as i'm concerned on both of them because he didn't trap them in a blue orb he left them just tied up thinking they're useless so that's a bungle mumra not being sure that he has got them trapped is a bungle. Monkeyan's greed and un- ultimately was the was a bungle too. So I'm gonna say I'm share. I think between the both, of them, I'm I'm saying they're both bungled. Mum Monkeyan, Mumra Monkeyan, equal bungles. Maybe, maybe Monkeyan just slightly more because his own greed, like you said, and his own volatile instincts that he should be able to to kind of suppress. 
bungled this. But his sources told him he was going to be able to do this. So he believed it. His own sources told him that he was going to do it. So he had the confidence, David. Monkey and had the confidence. But you know what? Who isn't bunglers? All of you out there who listen to us each month. We want to thank you again for being here for this Double Thundercats episode. Matesh, Leah, Craig, every other listener out there. You are so appreciated for what you do. You can always find David at Universal Appeal 2021 Word. The Radical Retro Rewind Podcast, one word, and our Thundercats Instagram, Thundercats1985 reviews. All of the links will be in the description below. David, we have two more episodes for everyone in February, and we couldn't be more excited to be getting through this season. It is very exciting. I'm actually really enjoying watching them again. To me, they held up. I don't think they took care of the the actual quality, video quality, but as far as me, you know, I really enjoyed it. I do too. I really, I, I'm so glad they do stand up, so we can enjoy them still. And there's humor and love and just wonderful feelings with it. We will be back with our regular episodes every Friday, and then the last Friday of the month, we're back with Thundercats reviews. As always, David, ho ho. Who you calling a hoe? Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.